We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we look at pop culture from a Jewish perspective and look at Judaism through the lens of pop culture. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am a 2013 earlier version of Rabbi Michael Knopf. I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. Is that what you are? You're a, you're a, you're a me 10 years ago. It's uh, well, you look, you, you, you look aged. It is, as we record this, it is my 15th wedding anniversary today. Uh, and so that, that is certainly a thing that makes you feel aged. But I want to know your skincare regimen, 2013 version <laughs> of Rabbi Michael Knopf. Uh, if, if you can't tell, uh, that's because we're talking about The Flash. And you probably can't tell because apparently nobody saw it. This movie bombed. <laughs> Mike, can you tell us? What, if anything, of this movie was relevant? What happened? Cool boy. Okay, so The Flash uh, is a movie a long time in the making. Uh, Depending on uh, who you ask and what day it is, it is either the uh, culmination of the uh, previous iteration of the DC Comics Extended Cinematic Universe, the DCEU, um, which was... Uh, meant to be launched in earnest by uh, the filmmaker Zack Snyder with his uh, film Man of Steel, Superman movie Man of Steel, which is kind of a reboot of, of Superman, uh, and continued with uh, Batman v Superman, <laughs> Dawn of Justice, uh, and then spawned movies uh, uh, ranging from uh, Wonder Woman to Aquaman, uh, and then into uh, uh, both Suicide Squad movies, first Suicide Squad, and then The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, uh, who was a, uh, a a borrow at that point from the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, but, uh, but maybe he knew, little did we know, that that was really his uh, test case uh, for eventually now taking over uh, and rebooting the entire uh, DC extended universe, uh, and so now uh, James Gunn, along with Peter Safran, is that the uh, the the co head of uh, Mar- the DC extended universe now? I believe so. Yeah, uh, are now the heads of the DC extended universe. So this is either the Flash is either who was introduced uh, in. Uh, the the Zack Snyder film uh, that uh, ended up getting taken over by Joss Whedon after a family tragedy uh, uh, removed Zack Snyder from the from the project of uh, Justice League. Uh, Flash was introduced uh, as a character there, played by uh, Ezra Miller. We'll get into him in a moment, yeah. uh, and or them, excuse me. We'll get into them in a moment. Uh, and uh, the uh, the this so this version of the Flash, not to be confused with. The uh, TV series version of the Flash, which is actually a successful iteration of the character in what uh, the D- the DC TV universe called the Arrowverse, um, this version of the Flash was introduced in uh, Justice League, uh, which, uh, if you remember our episode from uh, a year or two ago when we talked about uh, the Snyder cut of the Justice League. Whew, there's a lot going on here, uh, but this version of the Flash is either the culmination of that DC extended universe or and Slashor, uh, the uh, the official launch of the new DC Extended Universe that will be uh, headed by James Gunn uh, and Peter Safran, uh, which uh, is uh, supposed to launch in earnest uh, with uh, the James Gunn-helmed Superman Legacy, which uh, just uh, uh, named its new Superman and Lois Lane the other day. Uh, the Flash... Uh, tells the story of Barry Allen, played by uh, Ezra Miller, uh, who uh, gets his powers. Although this is not uh, in uh, in in reality an, an origin story per se, although it contains elements of that through time travel. Uh, the Flash uh, gets his powers uh, following the uh, death of his uh, mother. Of his mother, Barry Allen gets the, his uh, super sonic speed powers uh, following the death of his mother uh, and the wrongful uh, uh, imprisonment uh, and conviction of his father uh, for, for her murder uh, and becomes a, you know, a, a superhero with the power of uh, super speed. Uh, when I, you know, growing up, 
uh, the Flash was in some ways uh, a, a a punchline in the superhero world, somewhat like Aquaman uh, in the sense that you know his powers seem uh, uh, on uh, on the surface a little bit lame. So you really think about what super speed really does, which is you know it also it. Uh, gives you the capacity for super strength in a way uh, and for uh, even doing things uh, like such as time travel, which is where uh, this movie comes in. So Barry Allen uh, uh, realizes that through his supersonic speed, he actually has the capacity to travel in time and to travel to different universes uh, in the multiverse. He finds himself traveling to another uh, universe where he encounters a, an, a younger version of himself uh, before he gets his superpowers. Uh, and, you know, multiversal uh, and time travel hijinks uh, ensue, including uh, meeting uh, the uh, the reintroduction of Michael Keaton's Batman last which scene in may be the same Michael Keaton uh, from the Tim Burton universe or it may, it may be just uh, it may also be the same Michael Keaton from the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, or the from the universe. or from the Mr. Mom universe. You never know. Um uh, and we'll get into that in, in, in all of that in a minute. Anyway, it re-encounters uh, uh, Batman in this universe is Michael Keaton's Batman, whereas in uh, the original Barry Allen universe, uh, Batman is Batfleck. Uh, um, and I won't give, uh, well, this is going to be a spoilerific episode, so you should know that the reveal at the end of the movie uh, is that uh, there is another Batman uh, and Bruce Wayne introduced, reintroduced, which is uh, George Clooney's uh, Batman last seen in 1997's, I think, uh, much panned, um, although worthy of a revisit, I think, uh, Batman and Robin, uh, helmed by Joel Schumacher. And you should know that apparently uh, they begged Christian Bale to come back for that cameo at the end and christian bale clearly wisely <laughs> said no yeah so th that brings us into uh, so anyway that's what the premise of the movie uh um uh, there is uh uh the the big bad uh is also a, a borrow from other properties in in this uh dc extended universe it is michael shannon's uh general zod uh who you might remember from uh, a weird version of him a weird, uh, a, a multiversal version of General Zod. Um, uh, you might remember from uh, uh, from uh, the uh, from Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, and uh, and uh, also in uh, 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 excuse me for Man of Steel, and then yeah. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Um, uh, not to be confused with uh, the Christopher Reeve uh, version of uh, General Zod, which is, I think, my favorite version of General Zod, Neil before Zod. Uh, uh, Christopher Reeve also posthumously makes an appearance in this iteration of The Flash. Who there's a lot going on. We also get the introduction of uh, Supergirl. Uh, oh, I thought uh, you were going to talk about the Nicolas Cage Superman. Oh, uh, that's right. We also get... That is a deep cut uh, from a superhero movie lore. Uh, the lost Nicolas Cage version of Superman that was supposed to be uh, helmed by Tim Burton, hot off the success of his two Batman movies, uh, written by Kevin Smith. Oh, there's a lot going on here in this movie. Uh, we barely even scratched the surface uh, of talking about the introduction of Supergirl. Jesse. It is hard to talk about this movie. We're going to get into like our feelings about the movie itself. But let's talk actually about the behind the scenes drama of the movie first. Uh, there are two dimensions of the behind the scenes drama of the movie. Uh, the first we hinted at, um, which is that uh, the, uh, the the introduction and uh, the really decade long uh, journey of the DC extended universe that was launched by Zack Snyder with Man of Steel um, was uh, very checkered, very mixed in terms of critical and commercial success. Uh, and, and audience reaction, uh, and, uh, and and very troubled all along the way. Uh, Warner Brothers, which owns uh, the DC properties, uh, um, has uh, has been you know really up and down. Was just taken over by new management, uh, which is uh, what has led now to this you know reset of the of the DC extended universe. Which is it's not clear whether this version of the Flash, although probably not anymore, almost certainly uh, that this uh, version of the Flash is going to be the 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 soft reset of the new DC extended universe. So there is all this you know uh, uh, Hollywood business uh, drama of the DC extended universe. 
Uh, and then there's also uh, a lot of personal uh, or personnel, I guess I should say, drama um, with this property in particular uh, because of uh, a, a string of very troubling um, allegations uh, and, and, and behavior uh, by the star uh, Ezra Miller, um, who has been uh, accused over the last several years of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of abusive behavior, of assault, of grooming minors grooming for minors. sexual abuse and exploitation, uh, uh, and uh, and and uh, is uh, now uh, in recovery for uh, for for alcohol and substance abuse. Um, a lot going on with there. So let's let's start maybe with um, with the personnel issues. Uh, and uh, it was hard for me. I don't know about you. It was hard for me to watch this movie especially given the multiple personalities of uh, Barry Allen in the movie. Uh, you know, so there were two versions of The Flash, uh, two versions of Barry Allen, two Ezra Millers. More Ezra Miller was not necessarily better for this movie um, uh, because it, it made it even more difficult, I think, for me to uh, put aside uh, the, the really troubling allegations swirling around Ezra Miller. Um, how, do you, how did you navigate and experience the movie in the wake of uh, Ezra Miller's uh, uh, behavior and alleged behavior. You know, I'm going to be super critical also about Ezra Miller's acting. I, I don't think he's a good, that they are, are, are a good flash, uh, right? I, I don't like that's, this that's so interesting. and, and, and character of the flash. That's so interesting you say that because when I first saw them in, um, in Justice League, my reaction was I don't didn't I don't think I'd really ever seen Ezra Miller and much else. Um, but I was like, oh, like like now we got something here, you know, like this. Finally, the movies come to life a little bit. Well, you know? that's because right they they were one of the uh, maybe that's because the bar was set so low for Justice League. <laughs> they were one of the few redeeming qualities. Um, Warner Brothers made a gamble, right? They they it, there's a gamble. There's all these acquis you know uh, accusations. And do we just cut our losses and say, sorry, we're not going to make this movie. Uh, and this movie was starting and stopping production. There were so many rewrites. Uh, this right. has been a movie that's been in, a decade in, in development, development since, uh, I think, 2008, actually. Um, uh, and, and, they, and by the way, Warner, there's it's not unprecedented. Warner Brothers very publicly uh, now and famously uh, shelved, permanently shelved uh, the Batgirl movie that was uh, that was uh, near completion. Uh, and it was, was completed. On, it was completed. Yeah, it was, was going right. to be released on HBO Max. Right. And and they decided to you know use it as a tax write off instead of uh, what they projected were going to be major losses uh, uh, and uh, in 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 revenue and and uh, harm to the DC brand. They could have presumably done that with this movie too, and maybe they're regretting that decision now. And apparently, for what it's worth, that movie would have also helped set up this movie because Michael Keaton's Batman was going to appear in that movie as well. Correct. Um, they made a decision, right? They made a decision to um, that they thought making money was more important than holding people accountable. Um, you, you know, it, it's a question of, as Mike, you, you and I talked about before, what do you do with the art um, uh, of people who have done wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I, I uh, you know, connected to the Jewish community and so many of the melodies that we sing in our, our Kabbalah Shabbat service are Karlbach melodies. Yeah. Um, somebody who has equally uh, and certainly more so been, been accused uh, of uh, sexual assault and sexual abuse um, of, of women, of minors, um, what do you do with that? We are a community that, for example, we will sing Karbach melodies, but we will not name them. Uh, mm -hmm. We will not uh, celebrate him as composer of those melodies, uh, but we will teach those melodies. Um, what do you do? I think that's different, right? Music is, is different uh, than uh, when you see a person, right? You cannot act uh, behind the scenes. They have to be present. Warner Brothers thought that they would avoid some of this by actually not having Ezra Miller do any of the press for this movie. Uh, they they had uh, Sasha Kali, who plays uh, Kara Zor-El, who plays Supergirl, do a lot of the press for the for this film. Um, who I thought was great, and I thought you know was is very promising. I would love to see a Supergirl movie with with her. 
um, we'll we'll see if that ends up happening. Yeah, I think that they you know they they uh, they underused and misused her. They fumbled that 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 character's introduction. I think in this movie. Um, so I I don't know right I I don't I don't know what the the uh, the answer would have been, but I know that WB at Warner Brothers was more interested in making money and not interested in holding people accountable. Um, that being said, they didn't make a lot of money. This this movie bombed, and this movie is going to cost about uh, they're, they're going to lose about two hundred million dollars. And maybe there's a lesson in that holding people accountable. Um, uh, two years ago on Cole Nidre, I choose to give a sermon about uh, USY, an organization that, that is uh, uh, near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, we met on USY Israel pilgrimage. Um, we both served on our regional boards, on uh, international executive board. Um, and I, I don't want to speak for you, Mike, but I think I can in saying that USY is very much the reason that I became a rabbi. I was certainly a catalyst of, for, for you becoming a rabbi. Um, and uh, it came to light, you know, days before the high holidays about all these accusations uh, uh, of, of a, a sexual abuse. Uh, right. by by longtime staff members, staff members that that we knew um, and that USY constantly would, would push under the rug um, and because uh, keeping those people employed and involved in the organization uh, what seemed to be more important for the organization um, than holding them accountable for for their heinous crimes and acts. Um, and, and I, I don't want to, make uh, a, a mockery of, of the the seriousness of those acts by connecting that to Ezra Miller and the Flash. But but in some ways, that's this on, on a big scale that they choose to forgive Holly. They, they, they want to put somebody uh, in the limelights of Hollywood and, and ignore uh, their their assaults uh, and harassment and grooming. Um, it, it's deeply disturbing. I don't know if that is what caused uh this to be a box office bomb it was also a bad movie um right. with bad cgi and bad storytelling and, and just all, all of that um but i do wonder um if people refuse to support somebody who has been in the the headlines for all the wrong reasons right i i you know listen i think it's it's quite possible it could be you know all of the above right that uh, that that people were you know turned off uh by uh Ezra Miller's uh, behavior, uh, and uh, and and so you know decided not to see the movie uh, on on that account. I mean, it certainly was. Uh, even though I went to see the movie, it was hard for me to you know separate art from artist in that movie, especially given what the story was like. Um, and and uh, but but it's also true, right? That uh, that it was just not a particularly good movie. Um, and you know, it's a crowded marketplace, a competitive marketplace. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it was it was bad gamble. Now, what com complicating that is the fact and maybe this is because you couldn't have this. They couldn't have the star, you know, really do press for the movie. Um, you had people like Peter Gunn, even people like Tom Cruise, you know, uh, uh, you know, making public statements that this was the best superhero movie that they had ever seen. James you know, Gunn, not Peter Gunn, but yes, excuse me, James Gunn, uh, Tom Cruise did say this, right? That, yeah, like, that's that, weird that Tom Cruise said that. Yeah, whatever. Other Hollywood luminaries, right, saying this is the best superhero movie ever, and um, and and you know maybe they're trying to compensate for the fact that like they're the star couldn't do press, uh, but it also you know set expectations pretty high uh, for the movie, and you know and 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 the expectations really disappointed. So um, so that that I think is is a piece of this too. Listen, I you know I I'm not so sure that I want to. I think that there definitely are some connections between what you're talking about with USY and what we're talking about with, with Ezra Miller here, um, at least insofar as one of the motivations uh, for USY sweeping some of those allegations under the rug for so long um, was a was a concern about the you know the health of the organization as a whole, uh, not wanting to, you know, uh um uh make make the whole organization suffer, make teens suffer for the uh you know by not having access to you whatever for the for the behavior of of uh of, of what they would have considered a few bad apples without really kind of realizing that there was something really endemic in the entire culture about it that they were enabling so i think that that's something that's really worth discussing to me um 
you know, the, I've been I've been thinking about this question a lot of uh, of you know uh, art produced by uh, terrible people for for you know reasons separate from the Flash, but uh, um, the uh, author and uh, and critic uh, Claire Dieterer um, uh, came out with a book recently uh, called Monsters, uh, where she explores this question. It's it's a, it's a great book, really provocative book. I encourage uh, all our listeners to to read it, and maybe we can have a conversation about it. I've been thinking a lot about it, uh, but but essentially, she says that there's no uh, uh, universal calculus that you can uh that that you can have that anybody can have for you know whether you know for for whether and to what extent it's okay to consume the art produced by by terrible people right so it may well be right that for that some people just to use your example jesse right that that some people will never be able to listen to karlbach or sing karlbach music again be knowing knowing what he did right and some people who you know, are, are, you know, have, have kind of no, no problem with it. Right. And there's everybody on that spectrum. You're some, you, you, you and your congregation are somewhere on that spectrum where you recognize that there, that there's a problem that is problematic in some way, but you're not willing to give up the art entirely. Right. So we're all kind of like somewhere along that spectrum. Uh, and, you know, uh, given the fact that every artist being a human being is also somewhere along the spectrum of terribleness, um, uh, right. Everybody from, you know, uh, uh, your Ezra Millers are on one part of the spectrum and Pablo Picasso, maybe somewhere very far down the, the line of spectrum, your Mel Gibson's of the world, whatever it is, right. Tom Cruise, we just mentioned him, right. Is somewhere along that spectrum. So, so what she suggests is like a, a, a very subjective calculator, essentially for determining like whether or not it's okay for you uh, to consume the art of terrible people. And this is what I wanted to bring up because I wanted to like hear your thoughts, Jesse, on, on how Jewish you think this is. Uh, and I and I think Claire Dieterer has Jewish ancestry. Um, so I'm, I'm not exactly sure about that. But, uh, um, but she says this, she says, um, so first, how terrible is the artist's terribleness to me? Um, right? So if you're talking about someone like Ezra Miller, you have the accusations against him, some of which are, you know, uh, unproven, uh, some of which are, you know, matters of public record, right? How terrible are those things to me? Uh, that's, that's number one. Um, uh, and also, of course, that, that includes how terrible do I think that they were to their victims of those crimes, right? Um, so number two is, how much do I love the artist in their work? Right. So uh, and and three, how important is the my love of the artist in their work to me? Um, so if I'm looking at something like the flash right in that calculus, right, I could say, OK, you know, Ezra Miller's uh, terribleness seems to be pretty terrible. Uh, they're in recovery right now. Maybe there's some you know dimension of them trying to do some chuva for what they've done. So maybe that offsets a little bit about like how terrible their terribleness is. Um, how much do I love the artists in their work? You know, I'm maybe like a six on Ezra Miller's, <laughs> uh, on Ezra Miller's work, at least in this movie, right? Uh, and how important is my love of the artists in their work to me? I, I would say for someone like Ezra Miller, for a movie like The Flash, very unimportant to me, um, you know, in the, in the scheme of things. I wish maybe it was more important, but it was not that good. Right. So um, so so all of that together makes me feel like, OK, well, this is not really worth me spending my money on for all of when you balance all those things out. It's not really worth it. Now, I recognize that my calculus is going to be different. Hold on one second, um, because I've never been sexually assaulted or abused. So my relationship to an artist like Ezra Miller is going to be different than somebody who is. And I'm, I'm very mindful of that. I think that the studios themselves have a different calculus to make a different level of responsibility um, because they're the one you know really paying the salary. Claire Dieter also suggests this, which is a, another aspect of this that I also want to bring up to, to hear your kind of Jewish reactions to it. She says that you know the the, the individual consumer um, of a piece of art or or of an artist has has virtually no responsibility when it comes to you know the impact that their consumption has on you know the artist's ability to produce their art right so so if you're thinking that okay you know by buying a ticket to this movie you know i am like implicitly supporting Ezra Miller's behavior she suggests like that's that's something that you uh, really ought not worry about because that uh places an onus on you as an individual consumer that is 
um, uh, that is uh, uh, not commensurate with um, with with the actual um, what actually like supports and perpetuates uh, be bad behavior like that, which is an entire system of which you're a very small part. Yeah, but I wholeheartedly disagree. Right. If yeah, a lot of people uh, and again, I don't know if that is why the flash bombed, but if a lot of people do not support Kanye West or did not support R. Kelly or, you know, or Chris Brown. Right. Then uh, would would the music industry still pay them lots of money to record albums? You know, what I think is most frustrating about the Ezra Miller situation is that this is post me, too. Right. This is a time when when. when Hollywood actually swept under the rug for a very long time. People in powerful positions, specifically executives, some of them high-paid actors um, who took advantage of uh, of of often young women who were up and coming in Hollywood. Uh, the whole point of Me Too was that we were not going to do that anymore. Um, and there should be uh, a responsibility. I mean, look what happened to Kevin Spacey, right? Kevin Spacey was and is a very good actor, uh, right? A an award-winning actor. Uh, and uh, when it came out that he took advantage of other actors sexually, oftentimes grooming them, oftentimes some of them uh, un underage, that, that he was held responsible. And when was the last time you saw him in a movie? Well, okay, but hold on one second. So, so far, uh, as far as I know, I could be wrong about this, but so far, uh, um, uh, accused but not ever uh, uh, convicted or proven to have uh, done what he's uh, alleged to have done. Um, and 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 I guess the question is, you know, who who does the who who holds a person accountable? Who who should be expected to hold a person accountable? In the case of Harvey Weinstein, for example, right? Um, uh, yes. The the viewing public certainly has uh, had a role in in that right. There was a, de a a public demand for accountability, but the criminal justice system also you know had their say, uh, and uh, and the studio system also had their say by you know by him you know losing position and losing money and losing work right. So uh, so I, I'm not necessarily saying that we shouldn't hold bad people accountable. I'm just saying. Uh, I, rather, not so much me. Claire Dieter, I think, is saying, who is responsible for holding them accountable? And I think Kevin if, Spacey if, is if a good we, example if, of if the we, first part of that calculus. Like, like how, 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 how terrible is Kevin Spacey's terribleness? Maybe very terrible. How important is uh, his work to me? Not very important. Right? So I, it, it, it costs me nothing, really, to say I'm never going to watch a Kevin Spacey movie again. Right. Same thing with like Mel Gibson for me. Right, it really cost me nothing. Like I could live without seeing another Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, but but at the same time, if the viewership of movies aren't willing to say no, we don't want this person uh, celebrated in Hollywood as a highly paid actor or actress, right? At a a um, ten pole film that then that then uh, doesn't matter if you like their work or not. Um, it's it's totally on us, I think. Yeah, but it's but it's 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 not. I think it's not so simple, right? So, I mean, first of all, I think that there is something very Jewish about that, right? That we have this idea in in uh, Jewish tradition, uh, which is really kind of uh, a core principle of Jewish business ethics, which is misayea lide ovre avera. We should not help uh, give give uh, a, a support to a, a sinner. In, uh, in in committing their sin, and where that idea originates is the is is in the is in rabbinic literature, where you have a presumption that an an item that you're that you're purchasing or that you want to purchase has been stolen, or that somebody's trying to sell and you sell you has been stolen. You're not allowed to buy an item. Certainly, you're not allowed to buy an item that you know has been stolen, right? But you but you can't buy an item that you that that you uh, assume or presume uh, uh, has been stolen uh, because you don't want to give um, implicit support to uh, to a, 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 a transgressor for committing that transgression, and then also you know a more kind of broader. Uh, license for people to say, well, you know, the market will support me stealing my goods to for for sale. So I'm just so other people will do that too. So we do have that sense. Um, but 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 I think that there's a few things to keep in mind. Uh, you know, from within Jewish tradition, the first is um, that the support of the transgression in that context is very direct 
right? So first of all, like the, the sin was directly involved in the production or the, the bringing of that good to market. Um, uh, it was, there's a, there's a high presumption of knowledge of that, of that, that, that the person, you know, selling the item, like almost certainly stole it. Um, and, uh, there's, uh, the, the, the kind of marketplace that rabbinic tradition, I think is envisioning is, is much smaller and much less complex than our market. So, so I think my, 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 one of my points, I think is that my individual ticket purchase as a consumer, um, you're right in the aggregate, right? If everybody thought like that, um, then yes, like nobody would ever be held accountable because uh, the, the studio system would say, well, I can keep making money off of Mel Gibson and Ezra Miller or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, but but in, in the, um, in the uh, uh, not in the aggregate, right? Like my, my individual purchase doesn't actually uh, uh, perpetuate Ezra Miller's bad behavior, right? And so therefore I think that the Jewish... Uh, calculus is but that's is, but that's like saying I, I, that's like saying my vote doesn't matter right yeah your, your vote does matter because if nobody voted then of course your vote matters if everybody says oh me seeing this film doesn't really matter uh if a lot of people don't see the film then the movie loses 200 million dollars that is what i i believe will change warner brothers perspectives because i gotta tell you uh I, I am ashamed that they made the decision to to um, keep. But keep I don't. But I don't, do you, but I don't think that that's the lesson that Warner's is going to learn from this, right? I don't think that Warner's is going to learn that the lesson was that they kept a movie with Ezra Miller and that they, you know, that they better think twice about um, hiring or making movies with other actors like them in in the future. I mean, maybe, maybe, uh, but I think more likely is we just need to make better movies. Right. Um, and, you know, that will be a positive outcome, I think, but it's not necessarily the outcome. Like the, 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 the communication is so indirect. Uh, I mean, that, that is a problem. Like in a way, uh, your, your people are right when they say my vote doesn't matter um, in the sense that there isn't a direct relationship, a very direct relationship between, you know, what I vote, how I vote. Uh, and what my values are, what I want a politician to do, right? In in our in our democratic system, um, so um, I can vote for somebody uh, who disappoints me in lots of different areas, even though they may disappoint me less uh, than uh, than than their you know than the alternative. Like Joe Biden always says, "Don't judge me against the Almighty; judge me against the alternative." Um, so uh, so yeah, so my vote mattered somewhat. But it, but it didn't really necessarily matter in the, in the very particular issues that I care most about, that I really want that politician, uh, elected official to, to work on. Um, but there is another way, this is why it's not a perfect analogy, um, because I think it's been you know demonstrably shown uh, that uh, the way our democracy works, individual votes matter a lot, right? Elections are determined by like, you know, a dozen votes in some cases. So, uh, you know, like the, 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 the 20, the 2020 election, right. Even after everything, right. was decided by a, a small enough margin of votes in a small enough margin of States that, that, you know, that, that, uh, that a candidate could perpetuate a, uh, a, a big lie about, the validity of the results that millions of people still believe. So clearly one vote really matters in a way that I'm not sure one ticket purchase matters in in uh, in the marketplace. Yeah, I don't know. I, I disagree. But I but I also think in the same way we tell synagogues and this is true for for our institutions that um, a uh, budget is also a mission statement. Right, where you spend your money is a way to show um, what your values are. Um, if I, right, the movie is made regardless of whether or not I, I, I see it, uh, and I acknowledge that we we both pay to see this film. Um, but I, I think that if there was a boycott of this movie because of uh, Ezra Miller starring in it. That would really speak volumes. Um, you, you know, Marvel is going to. It be dealing with a, a similar situation, um, arguably just as problematic, maybe even more, since they set their sights on Jonathan Majors as their next um, 
a big villain uh, to be the villain of, of the this next arc of the MCU. Um, it's unclear. Uh, you know, he, he has a trial set for August 3rd. Um, it's unclear exactly what happens, um, but he was certainly accused of, of physical assaults, uh, assaulting uh, his ex-girlfriend. Um, it's, you know, there, there's some stories about whether or not that, that happened, but, but, uh, certainly we need to take such accusations seriously and well, cannot sweep them under the rug. I, I think Warner brothers chose to sweep them under the rug, um, saying that we're going to look at Ezra Miller, the actor, um, and not Ezra Miller, the person we're going to look at Barry Ezra Miller as Barry Allen and the flash. And that is what we're going to prioritize. We're not going to look at Ezra Miller, the actor. That's why we're not going to have them on the red carpet. We're not going to have them doing press on, on the, the talk show circuit or the late night circuit, that sort of thing. But we are going to have them as the star of our film. And in fact, as you said, three versions of Ezra Miller by the, the, the time the movie's over. Right, right. That's true. I mean, they, so the 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 decision that Warner's made about you know how to market the movie without Ezra Miller reveals that they knew not only that the that there was a an audience problem with Ezra Miller, but there was a there was a, a an ethical problem in general, right? That they you know that they 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 were uncomfortable having Ezra Miller be the uh, the, the the face of the company, the face of this uh, movie, which which I think says like you know it's 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 um it, you know it should not i think that this is the this is part of the point that i think claire Dieterer is trying to make in, in her book it should not be the individual consumer's responsibility or at least not entirely the individual consumer's responsibility to hold people accountable for their for their bad behavior there have to be more uh systemic checks and, and it and it and it and in some ways it um it absolves the corporations, uh, you know, it, it, to say that like, well, the audience will decide if they want to support Ezra Miller or not, absolves Warner Brothers of the responsibility to say, you know what, like this is, this guy is bad. Um, we should not be cutting him a paycheck uh, for this movie. We're going to shelf the movie, even if it means a big financial hit that we're going to take. I, I mean, I, you know, the the the, the, the it's uh, it's just fascinating. It's fascinating the juxtaposition of the decision with Batgirl and the decision with the Flash, right? It's yeah. fascinating that they made a juxtaposition, say that we are going to make take a tax write off, uh, no problems with their stars in that film. In fact, right. one of the stars of that film was Brendan Fraser, who he himself was a victim, a victim of abuse, uh, right? Uh, of of sexual abuse as a, when he was a young actor in Hollywood. Uh, which led to him leaving Hollywood and being blacklisted in Hollywood because he 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 came out against his accuser. Um, Correct. Which, it, which, it, which, that that which they chose to that, like, they they chose to not show that film and take a huge loss and right. use it as a tax write off. But this film, which has nothing to do with the continuity of DC. Right, James right. Gunn is starting over the storyline. Well, well, it's it, it's unclear because James Gunn had said previously that the Flash was going to be like sort of a soft reboot um, of his uh, DCEU. But I think like what what you're showing, what you're saying, goes to show you right that that we you know that uh, um, uh, that that most corporate I can't say all corporations right, but most corporations are not making uh choices based on what they think is the you know the 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 morally correct choice to make the responsible the morally responsible choice to make they're making a bottom line choice right they felt that this even after everything with Ezra Miller right and problems with the DCU that this movie was going to make the money that movie wasn't so they kept this movie and shelved that movie um and uh, and and so that that I think is the point that that uh, Claire Dieter is trying to make is that you know, she likens it to climate change and and recycling right so like sure you know, but but we about- as individuals we are not corporations right we as individuals do show who we are based on our our actions um and, and Correct, right, right. R- rabbi heschel uh, of lesson memory taught that more than the people of thought we are people of action we cannot talk about our deeds we cannot talk about our ethics we cannot talk about our values if we do not walk the walk uh that is essential for right uh, i think synagogues when uh they 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 do not talk about how the the values of torah uh 
play out in the world that we live in out of fear uh, of it being too, quote unquote, political or partisan is cowardly, uh, right? I, I think Jewish institutions that are meant to be these umbrella organizations, so they actually don't stand for anything because they want to include everybody, right? So, which means they actually, you know, piss off everybody, Uh I, they're they're cowardly, and so we as individuals do take a stand with uh, what we do. And yeah, we could say we're not going to uh, buy from Amazon anymore. And I get it. Uh, you know, I, I buy for some from Amazon too many right. times a day. I, I get all of that, but I, I do think that to say that it doesn't matter and, and we don't matter when we are. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that that Dieter is saying that that it doesn't matter at all. I just think that she's she's arguing um, that we should um, that we should uh, not over um, not not inflate the extent to which uh, to which it matters, uh, and, and and because in doing so, it uh, um, it moves the the burden of uh, of guilt uh from where it really ought to lie uh onto onto us right and i think that your point with amazon is really good there's plenty of reasons not to shop at amazon right and yet uh in some way right like we are powerless individually like we're we're powerless to not shop at amazon to not to not utilize i mean the, the, it's just it's 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 the way our marketplace is is set up like you really have to work very hard um not to uh not to give jeff bezos money in any way shape or form right uh he owns a major newspaper he owns a tv channel he owns uh on and on and on right so um uh so 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 uh i think that that in some way it's a yes we as consumers have some responsibility to make ethical choices with our decisions. I, I'm, I'm also, you know, uh, Heschel's my spiritual mentor too, right? Another, uh, uh, you know, when he was talking about the Vietnam War, right? He said, um, you know, some are guilty, all are responsible, right? And I believe that. I, I believe that that's true. I think that, you know, by my uh, uh, buying things on Amazon, um, I am helping to perpetuate, I have some responsibility for perpetuating a system in which workers are routinely abused, right? And on and on and on, right? Um, uh, uh, but uh, my, you know, individual choice to purchase this item on Amazon or to buy my subscription to the Washington Post or whatever it is, um, is not a morally simple decision, number one, right? Yes, it does do that. It also keeps people employed who may not otherwise be employed. It supports good journalism in a world where there's not great journal. I mean, the right, it's not a morally simple equation. And, and, and what we instead ought to be doing is, you know, focusing our efforts on, you know, I don't know, electing politicians, advocating for politicians to, you know, break up tech monopolies and not allow people like Jeff Bezos to own everything to, uh, to, uh, to dismantle, you know, right to work laws and, and enable, uh, uh, workers to organize and form union, right? There's all sorts of things that we as individuals could be doing to uh, to change the system um, that will have more of an impact than our individual consumption choices, uh, uh, even if we're able to make those individual consumption choices, which we may not entirely be able to make. Yes, uh, I would say uh, yes to all of that. And uh, the only way I think... Uh, box offices make decisions is based on money, right? They make decisions based on money. And that money comes from whether or not people are willing to buy tickets to see something or or, or, or they won't. Uh, and so I, I do think that me buy a ticket is the equivalent to my vote, right? Uh, there are movies, there are Avengers Endgame, I saw four times in the theaters, uh, right? And that's what led it to be uh, the second highest grossing film of all time, right? Um, I, I do think that um, the amount of times we are willing to see a film in the theaters, the amount of money we're willing to spend on a movie uh, or, or not at all uh, speaks volumes. Uh, but, but you see, but, but, you, but therein, you know, is the, uh, what, what you find to be problematic with, with the analogy, or maybe actually what's really, what's really apt about the analogy is that by seeing Avengers Endgame four times in the theater, um, which, 
it was a great movie and 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 you know it maybe deserved your you know for pete uh at the box office but it's you know marvel may have learned a lot of wrong lessons from that movie from from the from the amount of uh commercial success it it had um including all of the problems with marvel right now that we've been talking about not the least of which is it's jonathan major's problem right by by investing you know in in a big bad to rival thanos in that universe without you know giving much of a you know of a of a of a personality vetting to who their star was going to be, um, rather just you know uh, uh, relying on the sheer weight of their massive talent. Um, you know I don't know we'll we'll find out if that was uh, if that was the right decision for Marvel to make or not. But it was in part based on the fact that you bought four tickets to Avengers Endgame. So I I, I think that that's like all a piece of this. We didn't even talk about we we got to wrap up in a minute. But just on on one foot, Jesse. Uh, what do you think of the of of the Flash as a movie? Uh, um, what's what's Jewish about? Uh, Listen, I, I think there um, there's a reason that that we spend so much time talking about the, the behind the scenes stuff and taking responsibility and, and uh, how we hold people accountable because I think that that is very Jewish. Uh, uh, we uh, I will say um, there is a, a kosher bakery in, in town that refused to make a pride uh, cake. Uh, for a synagogue's Pride Shabbat service, uh, and we've made a statement that we will not be ordering from the bakery anymore. But I do think that 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 our values are shown with what we will or will not spend money on, and where we will or will not spend money. Um, I, I do not think that is something that we we should ignore, and I think that is why we spent so much time talking about the issues of Ezra Miller uh, with regards to this movie. I also think it's because uh, it was a trash movie and there's there's not a t- lot uh, of quality to talk about within the, the film itself. The only thing that I will say at the, the end, the big reveal, which wasn't that big of a reveal, I think we all realize that the speedster at the beginning of the movie that, that sort of hit uh, Ezra, uh, that hit Barry Allen was actually a different version of Barry Allen, a future version of the past Barry Allen. Um, and it was, which we see in many multiversal stories, um, uh, keep trying to change change reality, keep trying to change reality. Uh, it's no different than what we talked about in, when we talked about uh, Across the Spider-Verse, which is a brilliant multiverse story. Um, uh, the, the, they use the term these canon events in Across the Spider-Verse, Right. That that's there are certain things that you can't change. And uh, Barry Allen was trying to change everything, was willing to to dismantle all and everything in the world just to save his mother uh, and then uh, realize that that was impossible. By the way, the 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 to get to that point, though, the initial setup of the bank robbery with uh, um, with Batman and Wonder Woman and that led him to realize that he could time travel uh, was silly. Right. It, 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 it was like, <laughs> that's how he realized he could time travel. Like that, that made no sense. And now oh, all of a sudden it's yeah, like, babies. it's like, oh, now I'm going to go back in time because of that. That was silly. Um, but that was, uh, I would say the only value, the Jewish value in the film was this idea that we we can't change the past. Right. The, so much of what we do in the chuva process and the Hashbon Hanefesh process as as we spend the summer preparing for the high holy days is is acknowledging and accepting the past. We can't change the past. We can only use the past to figure out and help us shape the future for ourselves. Well, that I think is also, you know, relevant to the themes that we were talking about before about, you know, what to do uh, with the with art produced by uh, people who have done, you know, really bad things. Um, it, it, you can't necessarily change the bad things that they've done. But one question is, you know, what 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 have what have they done about that? Right. Uh, what have the artists done ab- about it? Right. And you know, the, the jury's still out in some way on Ezra. Literally, in some ways, the jury's still out on Ezra Miller. Uh, but but we'll we'll see about that. Well, you can't you can't they can't change the past. But maybe, you know, maybe in in, in time to come, uh, we'll we'll see them in a in, in a different light. We you know, uh, we didn't even talk about uh, the, the fact that James Gunn nearly lost his job at, uh, actually did lose his job at Disney uh, uh, directing Guardians of the Galaxy because uh, misogynistic uh, tweets were were unearthed uh, that that uh, that that he had led. So he was nearly, uh, um, you know, a a a, 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 um, uh, a a target of a of essentially a Me Too campaign um, uh, that uh, uh, and. 
you know, he essentially has been unrepentant about that, you know, was was uh, uh, put back on Guardians of the Galaxy uh, through some intense lobbying by some of the big Marvel stars. Um, but again, we have this issue of, you know, how accountable uh, are people really? How, how you know, uh, uh, how responsible are we as consumers uh, versus the companies themselves? Uh, how, you know, uh, what, what's the calculus for determining, you know, what's the threshold of bad behavior um, that uh, that uh, makes a person, you know, persona non grata? I mean, these are all really complicated uh, questions, right? And, and, and I will say, right, part of that is but with something like James Gunn, um, because of the way we share on the internet, um, right, our, our, we, we have things and statements, stuff that, that, that will stay with us forever. Um, that, that you take a screenshot of something, right, this is something that, that I myself dealt with, right? you take a screenshot of, of something that we may have said, um, and, and it stays with us forever, that you put something out there on the internet in the world, or you do anything, and everybody has a a, a video camera at their fingertips, uh, it's out there in the world for the world to see, uh, right? There are things that you and I may have said when we were dumb 18-year-olds um, that yeah, we regret, things, yeah. um, but, uh, but it, that was a different time, uh, and, and it wasn't recorded, it wasn't posted on Instagram, Um this is a different world. And maybe if anything, it should teach people to be more careful uh, in what they do um, and how they act. Um, and and uh, uh, because it really truly does have an effect on uh, the, on who we will become. Amen. So we want to know what you thought of The Flash and what you think of all of this uh, in front of the camera and behind the camera uh, drama. Uh, but uh, until then, or now, or yesterday, uh, whatever we are in the Flash timeline. Or a future that is a fast ver past version of the, the uh, I don't even know. As long as we don't become George Clooney, or I would become George Clooney. I would become George. Yeah, that, that's fine. If in a different universe I was George Clooney, I would not be. I would not be mad. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, until then, whenever then is, uh, I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. Take care.